Welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast, a podcast created to champion church multiplication, provide learning, and inspire new disciple-making communities across Canada. Hi there, welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast. My name is Paul Fraser. So glad you jumped on today. Uh, I don't know where in the world you're listening to this podcast, but I hope it's better weather than what we have in Edmonton right now in November 2020. I'm staring at two feet of snow in my front yard. Uh, So I hope you're well. I hope you're enjoying some good weather and you can sit down and listen to this great interview. We interview Paul Tetro. Our focus is on Quebec District this month. And Paul Tetcher works at the district office. He oversees church multiplication. He's working with leaders and planters, connecting with them every single day. He's got a fantastic uh, support system that they have developed uh, in their leadership. And he shares some encouraging stories about what God is doing in Quebec. He also talks about opportunities. Part of the reason we're doing this podcast is to bring awareness to some of those opportunities for planters, for leaders, for churches, for partnerships. And lastly, Paul shares a burden for the people of Quebec. Let's remember our churches and leaders and the District of Quebec in this season. You're going to love this interview and it's coming up right now. Thanks, Paul, for jumping on the Multiply Network podcast today. Hey, it's a pleasure. Really uh, happy to be with you. It's so great to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your ministry role, uh, your ministry role, and how it relates to church planting in the great district of Quebec? Well, uh, my ministry role. I'm the <clears throat> assistant to the superintendent for our district of Quebec. We have about 110 churches, and uh, I've been in this role for um, since the district was created back in 2000. So. <laughs> I'm on the long haul. So, uh, but the good side of it is I, I know well our workers. I know well our province. Uh, and so the proximity is good through the years. And so my role has evolved a lot through the years. I would say in the last uh, 10 years, uh, I, I, my role has been really defined uh, to my giftings and to the values of our district. So basically the main thrust of my uh, role as the assistant to the superintendent is giving support, uh, coaching, mentoring uh, systems uh, to uh, encourage an an environment for, uh, for uh, all our, our, our pastors, especially first time pastors, uh, our church planters in the last four years. I'll talk about that a bit more later. And um, all ministries, support to all ministries, you know, uh, even youth ministry. I'm, I'm still, Look, leading a paradox team, a dream team. I'm not the director, but I'm the grandpa. I'm still there, and I'm still involved in the youth conference and all that stuff. So, uh, like Paul, you, <laughs> imagine I'm 59. <laughs> it's amazing. That is so great that you're still involved. I mean, but that if you know Paul Tetro, you know that he's very young at heart, has a passion for young people. Um, amazing. Uh, what, what's been the toughest part of leading in COVID? Obviously, Quebec has, you know, been in the news, probably not for the, not for great reasons as it relates to COVID, feeling uh, the 
the pressure of a of a of a breakout again and a second wave. Um, we're doing a what we're learning series with leaders in uh, the last couple months in COVID. Uh, what's been the toughest part in during COVID for you? How are you How are you navigating this very unusual season? Well, it's uh, it, it, it's the the answer is positive and negative at the same time on the same issue. Um, the the biggest challenge for me is that. For now, the last five years, we've built up so much spiritual learning communities for new pastors, uh, future mentors, future coaches. And all that was done in small groups of 12 to 13 over a span of time. And then you have your triads and then you have your personal one-to-one coaching, mentoring and stuff, giving support. Because our, our district is really, really relational. Yeah. We focus on one-on-one ministry, uh, coaching, mentoring. So the support for those who want to uh, is really there and it's of quality. So we, with COVID in Quebec, because of the context, no more spiritual learning communities. Like we have to do it through Zoom. But Zoom is not effective for our goals right. and objectives of being vulnerable, to be close to one another, talk yeah. about the real issues at, at, at a level where you need to be, you know, face to face in a small trust area. Like you can do it in Zoom one on one, but you can't do it in three, four people or 12 or 15. It's not the same level. And, and so we've put on hold and I'm, I'm really frustrated about that. I've put on hold, you know, we just canceled our last mentoring, uh, second, uh, co- uh, our fifth cohort. It was their second session. I thought we were going to be okay. Two months ago, we had only 15 people, our teachers, uh, a three day in-house, you know, it was already, uh, everything was, was done. And then last week we called everyone and sent an email to everyone saying, Hey, we have to put it back uh, next uh, summer. So that's the frustrating part. The flip side of it is I've never been more involved one-on-one coaching and mentoring our pastors and key leaders in our district. And mm-hmm. it's such a blessing. It's such a, uh, to be there alongside our workers and key stresses, key decision-making, and just being alongside and being a mentor and a coach has been a, a real blessing. So the one-on-one on Zoom is okay. We can do a great job, but everything else, spiritual learning communities, which is a key yeah. to the growth of our district and to the, to sustain leadership in our district is just uh, not there. And that is frustrating. And that's, I mean, that is one of the things that, that you guys in your district and just in your relational learning communities and spiritual communities you do so well. That's been a new thing that you've implemented the last number of years, has produced tremendous fruit. Uh, love the fact that you guys are super relational. Why don't you just uh, tell us, you know, obviously not betraying confidences, but what what are some of the things you're hearing back from the pastors in the one-on-one? Like, how is con- how are they out on the front lines of ministry in COVID? Well, I, you know, what I'm hearing from our French pastors, English pastors, cultural, uh, you know, communities, and also across Canada is basically the same stuff, the same challenges and the same blessings. Uh, the, the, I think now the big thing with the second wave uh, was uh, the oomph or the energy 
of going through the first wave in Quebec was there. Like it was like, we're going to go through this. There was a sense of energy and you had to create new things, create uh, like all our churches, smaller churches, rural churches, they all got on the bandwagon for, for, uh, you know, virtual meetings and getting people and making sure people can connect with them uh, on zoom or Facebook live, or even through the phone and making sure they they're talking to all the needs and all the people in their church right. being up to date. So all that stuff is really good. And our pastors were tired at the end of the first wave. And we told them in the summer, take a break, take your vacation, please. And we even, we even, uh, our leadership team, uh, made preaches uh, uh yeah yeah and we put it on the web and so they yeah. could take their vacation and take our preach uh you know our preaching there on their uh, on french and english so so that was great so it, our pastors were able to take vacation this summer and then we came to to the fall and then to the fall everything is open up everything is like normal we're we're you know starting anew yeah and churches are starting to gather again and bang yeah it it stops and then in that second wave, which is about now, what, for a month now, it, it's the discouragement is high. The energy yeah. level is low. <clears throat> so that's been the challenge for a lot of our, our pastors. Our churches are doing well through COVID. I guess it's like that across Canada. It's those who have been relational. Yes. Those who have been in close proximity in one-on-one contact with their leaders their, their volunteer workers and their people that are in need in their church. The churches that were really close proximity wise and, and relationship wise with their people, they're doing great yeah. in, in, in the COVID. Those who were only attractional model, and I'm not against attractional model. We have great churches that are attractional, but they're attractional and relational. Those who were only attractional are really had a hard time. And, and, and the pastors are suffering more. So, yeah. You make a, you make an excellent point about this idea of being relational. The churches, and that's right across Canada, the churches that have leaned back into that relational, more of that like smaller group, missional community, spiritual community type of, of model, it really is kind of pandemic proof. If we're in small groups, like or houses or tables or, you know, places that you can meet in the community, it really is pandemic proof if you focus on relationship first. But here's the bad side about the second wave, what I'm hearing, especially with the young adults. They are tired of Zoom, so tired out that they're not wanting one-on-one relationship, even small Mm. group relationship. And so there is a... Uh, we say in, uh, in French, on it's like we're we're tired of this. Like we don't want this anymore. So it, it's like it, now the challenge in the second wave is to get that second breath of fresh air right. to back in relational. But but some are really discouraged and, and some don't even want to go there. So yeah. uh, there's a really a sense, you know, half the church in Quebec, I guess like that in, across Canada, half the church in their personality, they need to be with someone you know, face to face and the other half doesn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> They're okay with zoom or Facebook live. And, you yeah. know, but, but also uh, attendance on even the virtual between the first wave and the second wave. And I heard it's like that in Canada. Also, we had small churches that had up to 
6,000 views what? over a week. We had great, we have great stories. I'll share them a bit later. But, and, but when the second wave hit, it dropped half. Yeah. And our mega churches in Quebec of other fellowships, they dropped in half. Yeah. Uh, English, French. So there's the 30% of people that were, the only connection they had to the local church was uh, the virtual, just uh, passive listening. Uh, they're gone. They're gone. They're not there. Wow. That, that, is, that is very interesting. Those that were just kind of, uh, you know, having appetizers, you know, just, just taking a little bit. I actually think that, you know, forcing us online could, could, could hurt us. And I think it is, we're starting to see the ripple effect of it. It's actually not, it's, how do I phrase it? It's adding to the consumerism, right? Because now I don't even have to get out of bed. I, I like, I can watch, <laughs> I don't, I can just be, I can watch church. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to serve at church. I don't have to, yeah, this this is. I think we're going to have a harder time getting people uh, offline than we had getting online. So the key here, uh, I'm in a small church. Uh, I I joined a, a church plant of eight years ago in Quebec, a small French church, and I changed church uh, two uh, three years ago uh, because of what happened with my daughter when she passed away. Um, we just had to, we felt we needed to move church from church. And right. so it was my first time leaving my home church. I was there for many, many, many years. It was like feeling so comfortable there and, and joining a, a church, relatively old or new church plant and a, a small church that's focused on coaching and mentoring. And so as I joined that church, one thing that's the key is our, our small church, highly relational, but even if it's highly relational in the second way, we were able to go over that that uh, bump that we're talking about because the all the small group leaders all the leadership the 20 people out of the 100 they're calling people right they're right asking, uh let's have a a dessert uh over a zoom on friday night uh, i have it, i have it scheduled tonight so it's like people are after me i'm after people so you you, you have to really yep. press on that button of being very intentional about still even people don't want to be relational you still invite them. You still go after them. You you make them feel they're wanted. And, and if you do that, you're not going to lose too many people. That's a good word for pastors out there. Thanks, Paul. That's a really important thought. You got to go after them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to leave the, <laughs> the 99. I don't know if we have 99. I think it might be the 39, but whatever. You got to go after them. You got to stay after them. Let's transition. And why don't you tell us some of those exciting stories about church multiplication going on in Quebec? Oh, uh, I'm so blessed. Uh, we have a, a few and uh, we're happy. They're, they're the ones that keep us to say, oh, you know, God is moving. And right. It's not just the discouragement of, of, of apathy that we see in some people in the church. So, so one of the I have many stories, but one one that's on top of the list is uh, we we had a, a former credential holder uh, that was really sick uh, many years ago, and uh, he was a, a church leader for us. He was in the Bible college working. He he did our discipleship program. He did a great job through all the years, and he had a really bad uh, back, really ailment that was really serious, and it it it, it came to a point where he um, couldn't 
work anymore. He was on long-term disability and medication over the top. And, and just, it was a back, his back, the state of his back was like a 70 year old man and he was in his thirties. So it, it was like deliberating and he was not able to do ministry. There's no way like to do the suffering was the pain was so high all the time. <clears throat> so he had to leave ministry and uh, he was with us. And then he went to France, got totally healed. Like I had a youth meeting with the sons of God over wow. there. They prayed over him and he's not, the guy after healings, like he's Pentecostal, classical Pentecostal. He's not the guy that's going to, you know, look for it. He prayed for it, of course. Yeah. But, but he was, he got his warmth in his body. Couldn't believe it. Like he, it caught him by surprise. He went to play soccer the next day. Didn't feel any ailment, bad aches, anything. Like he said, what's going on? on. Next day, no, no backache. Next day he went, when he came back to Quebec, went to see his doctor. Doctor said, you're, you're healed. And, and he said, I, I don't understand what happened to you. It can happen. That healing that happened in your back can happen, but it would be at 60 years old. You're, he's in his thirties uh, or late thirties. And it would all be this, the healing would be over a span of 10 years where you would not feel any pain. It's like you lived it instantly, uh, wow. in, immediately one shot. Wow. And, and, and that happened like, uh, three, five, six years ago, seven years ago, he's still totally healed. Like he, Come on. So, so, so he comes back to Quebec, but the toll of everything he went through, he had to take a break. So he went to another fellowship church, another denomination, a mega church, and just went to, you know, get back his strength, resource himself. And we blessed him. We released him. He went through the, you know, with our blessing. And, and uh, we didn't, we weren't mad. We weren't sad. We, we, we really thought it was God. Right. So he went there and he became uh, one of the top leaders in that church, top preachers in that church. Uh, and, and they offered him, you know, a great opportunity to be full time with them. And he refused. And, uh, and then he visited the small church. He was before he got really sick and left. He was at a small church north of Montreal, and it's a small church of 30 people and goes there with his family, his teenager kids. And when they left that church uh, many years before, it was a not a good ending. Like it was a, a bit of division and strife and that. So it, they go back and it's like, it was like a divine appointment. They go there. It's like the people that were mad at them, they asked them forgiveness. They couldn't understand what's going on. And then they came back in the, in the car and the children were saying, and the teenager that were left in a bad situation many years before said, that's our home, dad. And, and they felt, we're feeling called to this church. And so he, call, so he calls us, he calls me, he calls, says, is that church open? Yeah. Well, I feel like, I think God's leading me to take that church. And he felt called. And Michel Zayon, our superintendent, did the transition. He got elected. And, and so he started the church right before COVID with 30 people. Well, it grew. It was four months before COVID when he started. And it grew to uh, from 30 to about 100 wow. within four months. Wow. And new salvation, people that didn't go to church. Not a lot of transition, just a few. And it just grew and grew. 
and then and then God's blessing. And the building now is too small. Long story short, they just sold the building. They're going to go in a bigger building, and and uh, God's just moving through all that. They, they're the, that's the small church that went to six thousand views. Oh, really? Wow. So Hillsong Paris would call them. What What are you doing? Like, how come you have so many views? Yeah. <laughs> so so and, and they dropped half with the second wave, like all the other big churches. But there, he says, we're a small church doing big church, but. We don't have the resource. <laughs> like they do. They have a small team that's amazing. All young adults, uh, the core, and uh, they're they're doing great. So when the COVID will come back and they'll have a, a place, the new normal, they have no clue if there'll be 150 or 300 or 500. Right. They, they're just, but they're doing a great job. Well, so that's that, that's multiplication in Quebec. Yeah. This is yeah. No. That and that's a great story for some pastors out there in smaller towns. That are that are thinking. Well, why is God calling me? No, there's there is. It's never been easier to impact our world than it is right now, because you can use digital means. And most, not everyone, but most of the people you're trying to reach are online. So you know, put the time, put the energy into it. That that's amazing. Uh, one we I have. I mean, another story I have to say. Yeah. Uh, he, we just had the interview for his credentials yesterday. So this is a, a, a plant that started a week before COVID. Oh, boy. With 80 people. Yeah. They have a strong nucleus of 80 people. He's a son of our, our credential holder, uh, an evangelist, and but he's a pastor. He's a pastor evangelist. And there, if if COVID would, would finish tomorrow, there already grew from 80 to 120. Now, this church is a vagabond wow. church. Wow. It, it, they didn't have any building. So when COVID hit, they did their meetings out out there in the park, filmed everything <laughs> in the park. And, yes. and they would move from place to place. And they, they said they didn't phone anybody. It was just uh, through Instagram and Facebook. They would say, next week we're there. Next week we're there. And, and they, they were in a building. It canceled last minute. The Saturday they sent the information. Next week we're at that church. Oh, really? Church to church all summer moving from place to place all fall and they grew from 80 to 120. Wow. So, so, so here's a church with all the insecurity. And he, and he said, people were, were blaming them because they were all stealing young adults from other churches. It's a, it's a city outside of Montreal. Yeah. He says, it's funny. Our growth now is all with boomers. Boomers are following <laughs> us. I don't understand. <laughs> and new conversions. Uh, people didn't Come go to church on. anymore. Also not just transfers. So, so just, so he, 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 and, and if there would be a church in Canada that wants to invest in Quebec, uh, uh, he, that's a church you, you could invest. And so we do have ministry opportunity. And if, if you call us, we do have needs to invest in key leaders that will do a great job in Quebec for multiplication. Uh, the, I want, so those of you who don't know Paul Tetro, you, you have to understand he's been there obviously a very long time. This has not always been the story of Quebec, of these types of churches starting up, growing, seeing new converts, seeing people far from God come to him, Uh, rural churches going really, really strong. Like This has not been Quebec's story. This is why... You're hearing him so excited. You should see him like he's just he's just beaming right now as I look on the Zoom call on the video. 
this is this is good news, friends, of things happening in Quebec, and we thank God for it. Paul, you want to say one more thing before we move on? You know, God. One of the one of the key across kind of this. You know, we need planters. We need uh, church leaders that do multiplication. Well, God's been doing now, sending missionaries to Quebec. Like we have this this guy from Kinshasa in Congo, paid by the sons of God of Kinshasa, this big church. Wow. By the guy who's ahead, Pastor Safari, who's ahead of the leadership of the Assemblies of God in, in, in Congo. So imagine a missionary paid by Kinshasa full salary in Quebec, yep. Yep. working in French. So he started the church two years ago. He's and also just want to tell you, church planters, we we give them a cohort, we have a coach for them. Uh, they do, uh, they understand, we get them to be in uh, teaching uh, spiritual communities where they learn about Quebec, how to do ministry to Quebecers and, and all that. So, and it's over two year span program. So we do take care of them. So this, this guy's been in the program for one year and, and, and he, with the COVID, he, he went into um, benevolent uh, uh, volunteer work in the, in the hospice for older people. He, there was an older Quebecer lady that we'll call her Thérèse. That's her first name. I won't say her family name. She had uh, bad uh, uh, hurts on her her, her um, legs for 15 years. It, it was not, they couldn't heal it. It's really serious condition, medical situation. And he prayed for her. Like he, he would not, he said, I don't tell them I'm a Christian. I, I just showed the care and I, I work differently and then they ask question and then I answer. Right. He does it the real Quebecois way of not going too fast. Yeah. Because right? sometimes people from Congo could go too fast with Quebecois. Sure. So he's, sure. he's learned to do it the right way. So he's, he's done it the right way. And he said, would you mind if I pray for your, your ailment? He prayed for her right away. Come in on. One day, half of it was all gone. And in the following weeks, totally gone. Wow. She was totally healed. Thank she, you, Lord. She came to the Lord. She gave her heart to God. The kids who were unbelievers, the boy and the girl, they have met him a couple of times, and they want to learn more about God before they were totally unbelievers, Quebecois unbelievers. And now he can witness the gospel to them because of a healing in the hospice where he works as a volunteer worker. Come on. So, hey, God is moving. <laughs> yeah, come on. This is so great. And, Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit, too, about some opportunities available for leaders in Quebec? Um, I think it's still true less than 1% of uh, Quebec, Quebecois, Quebecers. I can't, is that, what's the right way to say it? Quebecers? Yeah, well, in English, I guess it's Quebecers, but Quebecois. Yeah, yeah, so, so. There's opportunities there, but less than 1% are evangelical. I believe that's still the stat, although it yeah. sounds like it's growing. Yeah, this, the, you know, the 1% is not totally true anymore. So let me just explain that quickly. Uh, you would have probably 3% of the population that would believe uh, that Jesus is the Savior. Uh, half of them would go to a local church. So maybe it's over 1% today. Okay. And so at 10 on a regular base, the church probably were over 1% right now, uh, 3%. And then on the Roman Catholic side, probably there's a 1% of the five practicing Catholics that do believe in Jesus as Savior. 
right. and have some kind of relationship with Jesus as their savior. So that would have a strong sense of evangelicalism in the way they speak about Jesus and their relationship with Jesus. So maybe there's two to three percent that do have an active yeah. relationship with Jesus, but going to church, we're still around the one percent. We're probably over the one percent right now, but 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 it's still you know ninety-seven percent of the population of Quebec does not know Jesus as Savior and does not believe in Jesus as a Savior. It's, that's actually very helpful. Thanks for that clarity because, you know, that's a stat that's probably 10 years old, you know, or longer, right? So thanks for your clarity. The, the reality is, like you said, 97% of that, that's people. That's pretty, pretty close to reality. Yeah. 97% do not know Jesus as Savior. So, so we have, there's opportunities for people from all over Canada to come and help you English speaking, you can teach them French. Like what are some opportunities? Because this month's focus for the multiply network is Quebec and seeing churches started new disciple making communities. What are some opportunities, Paul? Well, we were always welcoming church planters and God has been sending us church planters. So that's for sure. One of the areas where we're uh, like three years ago, John Ipolito, who does church planting for the English side for the district, who's the secretary treasurer, who planted a church in Laval himself, and myself, we're the catalyst to make sure French and English church planters are are cared for. So what we do is, three years ago, we've we've put aside our priorities and we've put church planting on top of the list and not on the bottom of the list. So time consuming for John and I, church planting has been way up. So the proximity to give support to future church planters is very high. So anybody that feels a call as a church planter, we do have the way to give support so you don't do ministry alone. And and now we're working on English. Actually, we have a missionary from the States that just came into Quebec when one of his focus will be our cultural churches and English cultural churches to make sure we give the support to church planters. Also, he's going to be... putting up our mentoring program that was in French, but not we, because our, our district is bilingual, right? So people don't know this, but right. everything is double cost. Yeah. Like any district outside of Quebec, we're all distinct. Like all districts are all different from each other. Quebec is not more distinct than others. We're all distinct. I understand that. But what Quebec is bilingual. So anything we do in French, the English needs to have it. If yeah. anything we do in English, we need to do in French. And in French, you need to create the programs. So you have to have a lot of creativity, a lot of funds. You have to start from scratch many times or translate. And then that costs more money. So, so we are ready now. Church planters, as I said, we're welcoming them. Also through fit for n with Gary Connors, Mission Canada, we do, you know, welcome any students, any endeavor cross-cultural. Like I know you're going to be talking about that with Gary. Uh, any young people feeling uh, just to come and visit Quebec and understand a bit more Quebec, the doors are wide open. And if some people want to minister in English, there are needs as, as big in English communities in Quebec as in French. The percentage of, of, uh, of people getting saved and need to be saved is as much in the English community as in the French community. So especially in Montreal. That's great. So we, so we need French and English uh, people that could come because, you know, the mission field is, is wide open. Now, the flip side to all those opportunities is that it's tougher. Like, You've got to count the cost. Uh, one of the things that discourages people in Quebec when people come in Quebec and wants to sh- uh, show interest and uh, come in the opportunities, they come in and sometimes they go back home. 
after one or two or three years. Not all the time, but sometimes. And that is a discouragement for our people in Quebec because you, you need to count the cost before. So yes, come and explore, you know, but once you've decided you would really want to come to Quebec and invest your life in the ministry in Quebec, really uh, count the cost so you're here for the long haul in French or English. Uh, so we, we just uh, talked with uh, one of our credential holders that's with Mission Canada, working university campus, and he's learning French. He's really working hard at it. And, and so he wants to, to, he's ministering our English campuses. Now he wants to translate that in the future to go in the French campuses where there's nothing. I mean, it's uh, ministry campuses, right. in French, there is nothing. So it, the, the, the door's wide open, you know? So, uh, so, you know, there's many opportunities. Yeah. Paul, this has been so good in, you know, just this idea of, uh, you know, opportunities and, uh, but also support. Uh, I think some of our old church planting models were like, let's just throw somebody in a town and hopefully they, you know, create a disciple making community. There's so much support now from our district offices, even right across the board. I'm so proud of how they've transitioned to become more resource centered and uh, lo- love that. And I know you guys are are helping lead the way both in English and French. Paul, um, I want to, I'm going to switch up the questions here on you. Uh, how can we help? How can we partner? And then I'm going to end with that uh, last question about your burden for Quebec. Um, how can you help? Well, first of all, they, you know, same classical answer, pray for us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> pray that the Lord would send, uh, you know, uh, the workers in the, in the mission field here. So that, that would prayer would be, it is a spiritual battle. And if we only think it's about uh, human mobilization of leaders, we're, we're missing the part. I mean, it, it's totally, uh, it's totally spiritual. It's, it's a warfare. And and prayer is the couldn't key. agree more. Yeah, and so prayer is uh, amazing. Is the biggest uh, support. Also, we do need financial support. Districts like Ontario have a lot of resources if you compare it to a small church, which a small district, which is normal. Like yeah. it depends on the number of churches you have. Yeah. So the smaller districts, and we're one. We're in the mid 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 size there, but for everything we need to do bilingual, it does take a lot of our funds. So, so funding, uh, any church multiplication, uh, you know, uh, and venues or, or uh, opportunities for us is a need. So any financial help will, will be uh, welcomed and we can, we can focus if someone calls and say, I want to invest in Quebec. Well, we can give you all the, the different tracks where you could do that. And, 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 and the last part is really workers. So, so, uh, Anybody that feels called to Quebec or wants to explore their calling to Quebec, uh, again, the doors open through Fit for M Ministries, uh, Mission Canada, yep. as a evangelist. Uh, so there's different opportunities like that in French and English. Of course, learning French would be should be high on the yep. on the because Quebec is mainly French, and so uh, but there is a place for English only also in, in Montreal. The need is as big. Yeah, so yep. those would be the, the three avenues, and that's. Not a new answer, but no. those are three avenues that were, you know, of course we need help. And there's also a fourth one too. We have churches that partner with other churches that, yes. that become kind of prayer partners, financial partners. They share resources. They share learning. Uh, why don't you just quickly talk about that? Yes. Uh, and we have about 20 that are active. So, uh, so some of our latest church plants uh, do have partners. And so if you, if you want to, 
partner with the church, we do focus on our church plants. And we had three church plants last year. We have four this year coming along. And so we have seven church plants, two partnerships that are active. But the other ones uh, sure would love to have uh, like uh, partners. And also we have smaller churches that need the partnership just to stay healthy as a small church in rural areas. Because a lot of our churches in Quebec are rural. And I guess it's like that across the country. But in a rural area, you lose your young people all the time. They go to the big city. So they go to Quebec City. They go to Montreal. And the the church is condemned to grow every year to stay at the same level. So it's very discouraging for a local church, uh, rural area, because you're 50. Well, to stay 50, you're going to lose five. Well, you need to gain five to stay at 50. And that's like that every year. Yeah. So we have a lot of churches that are staying the course, but they need a partner to sustain them, to help them to continue to focus on the mission, to to win people to the Lord so they don't go down in numbers and and need to close the church uh, one day. So so really help for even smaller churches is a a great avenue for partnerships. Yeah. And so if you are interested in that, you can connect with Paul at the uh, Quebec District Office or John or actually M- Michelle, any of them, and they will they will find someone. Uh, just just in closing, Paul, why don't you share your burden, your heart for the people of Quebec? Um, yeah, I just wanted to leave you with the opportunity just to share that at the end. Well, the burden for Quebec, really, um, my biggest burden, that's me personally, is for the I don't know how to say it politically correct, but our French uh, white Quebecers, <laughs> I don't know what the terminology, the right terminology should be for those. Yeah. But we are, it's a hard soil. Like it, in some areas it's, it, it's good and we're seeing results. But my heart is really for a move of God in the French Quebecer, former Catholics, non-practicing Catholics. They're, they're the biggest part of our population, and they don't know Jesus. They are very reticent to Jesus. The media for the last many, many, many years uh, have been portraying the gospel as something very negative. So, so the, 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 my burden is how do we reach them? How can we find a way to reach them, be effective to reach them? Because people that come here, even our our, our African friend that came that's trying to reach French Quebecois, he says, it's hard. It's hard. Like our cultural churches are growing. Other cultural streams are growing. Uh, but the French, unilingual French, especially, and, and, and they're, they're harder to, to reach. So it could be discouraging. Some are coming to the Lord. There are fruit. There, are, there, are, there is growth in good stories. But overall, in Quebec, the the need to reach them and to find a way to better reach them is still uh, still a big question mark. So that is my biggest burden for Quebec. Paul, thanks for sharing that. That's something that gives us uh, a focus. What you just shared gives us a focus on how to pray for Quebec. Paul, I so appreciate your time. I know you're busy. You're living on Zoom these days. It's not it's not fun. But thank you for your investment. In, in leaders, in church multiplication, in your district. Uh, appreciate you jumping on today. It was really a pleasure. And thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the burden and a, a picture of Quebec.